John chapter 2, we are continuing our series through the book of John entitled, He Is, right? Uh, We're going to be looking at uh, the uh, seven I Am statements, um, uh, Jesus declaring that uh, He is uh, God, but also we're we're really just going to walk through the whole uh, book of John, uh, chapter by chapter. Uh, We'll walk through it through the summer, and so as I encouraged last week, uh, and I'll encourage you again, hey, join us, right? Read on your own study on your own um, and, uh, and and be ready to go whenever we uh, we meet together. And so we're continuing in John chapter 2. Let me just uh, bring you up to speed. Uh, John 1, we ended with uh, uh, in verse 18, the, we looked through verses 1 through 18, the prologue uh, highlighting who uh, Jesus really is, who the real Jesus is. Uh, and then we see after that, John the Baptist stepped to the scene and uh, be that forerunner that uh, was prophesied that, that he was going to be, uh, declare to the world that uh, uh, this Jesus, right, is the Lamb of God who has taken away the sins of the world. Now, after that, we see Jesus uh, uh, invite um, his disciples to join him, invite folks to, to follow him, right, ending with uh, Nathaniel, uh, that one disciple that uh, uh, he saw sitting under a tree, Right, uh, that he invited to come with him. Uh, and then we see uh, th- three days after uh, that event, uh, we see the context of John chapter 2. Um, and so we're going to read verses 1 through 12, a story that's uh, fairly familiar to those of you that have been in uh, the, the church world for any point in time, but a powerful one nonetheless. Right, this is uh, Jesus's. Uh, one of Jesus' first known uh, miracles and really his uh, announcement, right, uh, to uh, the world that uh, he is, who uh, John the Baptist uh, proclaimed him to be. Uh, and so John chapter 2, uh, start in verse 1. If you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. And uh, if you don't have a word with you, it's all good. You can uh, uh, pay attention to the screen there and follow along with us uh, there. But this is what the word of uh, the Lord says says this on the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there Jesus was invited to the wedding with his disciples when the wine ran out the mother of Jesus said to him they have no wine this is Mary his mother talking to Jesus and this is what Jesus says in response and Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Let me go ahead and pause there for just a second. There's a lot of speculation pertaining to this uh, verse, right? Uh, Jesus responding to uh, Mary, just simply telling him a fact, right? And responds by saying the uh, word woman, the term woman. Now, I don't know about you. Right. But uh, uh, when Jesus said this, he's 30 years old. Right. I'm 30 years old. And, and to this day, I would not respond to my mom like that. <laughs> hey, to this day, there is a healthy uh, reverence and you know fear for my mom. Right. Hey, how many of y'all grew up with a mom that didn't play growing up? Hey, you raise your hand. Yeah. Hey, my mom was like that, too. If I wanted to cut up in the grocery store, I was getting a whipping in the grocery store. And when we got home and in the car. Yeah. So it's in the car. Amen. And so, so what does this mean? Some folks say, say, man, is Jesus, man, was he being disrespectful here to his mom? No, no, no. We've got to understand, right, that we can't read, you know, with our 21st century American glasses, right, uh, uh, the context of what's going on here in first century uh, Israel, 
right? Uh, when Jesus was saying this, uh, uh, calling Mary woman, he wasn't being disrespectful. What he was doing, right, was highlighting to Mary and getting her to understand, hey, uh, uh, the shift, right, uh, had begun. Hey, here it is. Jesus was letting Mary know, hey, look, hey, look, I love you. But I, and I know that you're my earthly mother, but hey, I'm here to do my heavenly father's business. It was the beginning of, right, his ministry, if uh, you will. Uh, there's a shift there. It wasn't him being disrespectful, right? It wasn't him being crass. Man, he was just letting her know, hey, it's time to get with the program, man. Ministry's beginning. I'm here to do my father's work. Let's keep going. Look what she says in response. Verse 5. Then his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. In verse 6. Now, there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some, draw some out. And take it to the master of the feast, called the bridegroom, and uh, uh, take to the master of the feast. And, and so they took it. Verse nine. When the master of the feast tasted the water, uh, tasted the water now become wine, and did not know where it came from, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, "Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine." But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Canaan Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples. And they stayed there a few days. We see here Jesus, right, uh, perform his first sign, as the Bible says, literally turning water into wine. Literally changing the substance of uh, a liquid without even touching it. Think about that, man. That's amazing. It's amazing. Hey, the closest time I've ever come to doing that was changing white milk to chocolate milk. But I needed a spoon and some Nesquik to do it, right? Jesus didn't even have to touch any of the water that was there, man. He just told them, hey, to fill that water up. And it turned into wine. And really, I want to focus on verse five, Mary's response. And I want for us to understand this response as well. Hey, because of who Jesus is and what he did and what he's able to do, we, like Mary, right, need to choose to get with the program. Get with the program and who Jesus is. That's what I've entitled the message today. Hey, it's time to get with the program. Why don't we pray together? Lord God, we love you. God, we pray over these next few moments that you would speak to us, Lord. I pray that you would, God, remind us, Lord, of the one whom we are declaring. Or remind us of the one to whom we are singing to, Lord. Remind us of who you are. And God, help us as a result to choose to be folks that get with the program. God, and choose to go all in for you. Lord, hey, choose to be folks that don't make this faith just a one day a week thing. Choose to be folks that say, you know what, in every season of life, I'm going to choose to build my life on you. Choose to be folks that choose to worship in every season of life.
Lord, we ask that you have your way. And we pray these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Church, hey, I'm just going to keep it 100 with you today. Because of who Jesus is and what he has done for us, right, and what he's able to do, our response is to choose to get with the program. You may say, Pastor Irv, man, what does that look like? What do you mean by that? Well, I'm glad to ask. I'm going to go ahead and walk through it here. Hey, getting with the program means this. Hey, instead of choosing to stay angry with God because of wherever you're at in life, right, it's choosing to hey, surrender to him and understand that he is good, to be still and know that he's God. Hey, instead of choosing to compromise with Jesus, it's time to count the cost and choose man to be all in to following him. Right. Instead of choosing right to doubt him. Right. Hey, choose to double down and serve him with your whole heart and life instead of choosing to here it is. Play the victim based on where you're at. Hey, choose to rejoice in the one who is victorious. Hey, because of who Jesus is, man, hey, it's time to get with the program. And surrender all to him. Surrender all to him. And like I said, that's exactly what Mary did here. That's exactly what Mary did here. And the same call is for us. It's time to get with the program. I believe here in the text we see three ways in which we ought to be folks that get with the program. The first way is this. We see it here in the text, verses 1 through 5. Hey, getting with the program looks like this, choosing to trust in his plan, choosing to trust in his plan. Mary tells Jesus, hey, there's no more wine here. She's just making a statement, making a statement to him, right? Perhaps because, you know, he's the eldest son and perhaps she thinks, hey, he could do something about it, right? But she's just simply making a statement and Jesus declares, hey, look. Man, what's this got to do with me? Essentially what he says. He says, hey, my my hour has not yet come. And then we see Mary's response in her saying, hey, look, do whatever he tells you. Hey, Mary chose to trust in his plan. Trust in his plan. Right in the same way we are called to be folks that trust in the plan. See, it, it was a big step for Mary to say that because In that time, right, Mary being there, she was, uh, you know, she had some authority there within the wedding. She had some responsibility. And it was a great embarrassment, the fact that the wine had run out. So she needed to do something and do something fast. Do something, do something fast. And so her choosing to say, you know what, hey, hey, do whatever Jesus tells you, man. Hey, that took a lot of trust. Took a lot of trust. Hey, and the call for us is the same, to trust in God's plan. Trust in his plan. You know, Mary, she's got a track record for this, by the way. She said something similar to this about 30 years prior. Right. You could see it in Luke chapter one. Right. Whenever she's an unwed, she's engaged to uh, her soon to be husband, Joseph, unwed. And an angel shows up to her and says, hey, you're going to bear the son of the living God. As a virgin. Imagine that being 14 years old, being told that unmarried, not married yet. That's called, you know, grounds for for stoning, right? For folks that accused her of intercourse outside of wedlock. Yet look what she says right after the angel leaves. Luke 1, 38. And Mary said, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Hey, 
And Mary, she had a track record of trusting in God's plan. In the same way, hey, we're called to do the same thing. Hey, getting with the program is choosing, hey, to trust in God's plan, not manipulate. Hey, getting with the program is choosing to trust in God's plan, even when you can't see his hand. Hey, getting with the program is saying, you know what, God? Hey, your will be done. I don't know what you're doing right now, but your will be done. I can't see what's happening, but your will be done. Here it is. Hey, getting with the program is choosing to say, you know what, Lord? Hey, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. sight. We've got to choose to trust in God's plan. Choose to trust in God's plan. I I think this is where we get kind of mixed up, Brother Chris, and I I know I fall victim to this all the time, right? I'm one of those people. I think I've said it before, but one of those people, I think, hey, because of what I do, right? Hey, Lord, I serve you. Man, I spend time with you every single day. I spend time in prayer with you. I pray for these specific things. Hey, I think that here it is. I'm entitled to something. Hey, I'm entitled to everything that, man, I, I seek God for. Hey, because of, of my position, man, as a preacher, man, hey, I'm not as, you know, as bad as some of those other dudes in my own mind. Hey, I'm entitled to whatever, man, I ask a guy. And the Lord quickly has to remind me. And he has to remind us, hey, we're not entitled to anything. We, we, we aren't. Hey, the Lord God is not a genie in a bottle. Hey, the Lord God is not some slot machine that we put coins in and, and try and get something out of. Not any of those things. Hey, the Lord God, man, he is God. Yahweh Hashemim, the Lord of the heavens, man, who's over it all. Over it all. And so our call is not to try and manipulate his plan, saying, hey, God, I know what's better. And so, hey, this is how we ought to do it, man, try to negotiate with him. Right, hey, our call is to say, hey, Lord, your will be done, because I know your way is better. Your will be done. Hey, we ought to choose to be folks that trust in his plan. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Good reminder for all of us in here. He says this, talking with the Lord saying this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, we ought to choose to trust in his plan. Can't go ahead and let you know, just remind you, man, those of you been in church, you've heard this a million times, I'll say it again. Hey, we, we can trust in his plan, man, because his ways are better than ours. Listen, where you're at today, man, confused, don't know what's happening, man. Hey, just, man, trust in his plan. He knows what he's doing. I, I can't tell you why he allows for certain things to happen. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I can't tell you why you're in that season of life that you're in right now. But, hey, instead of choosing, man, to mope, and complain, man, hey, choose to trust. Trust. It's time for us to get with the program, man. And to trust in his plan, man. Hear my heart. We got to choose to trust in his plan. Getting with the program is trusting in God's plan like Mary did. She didn't know what Jesus was going to do. But she chose to trust in his plan. Secondly, we see here, where getting with the program is not only trusting in his plan. But it's trusting in his provision. Look back at the text. After Mary says, hey, do whatever he tells you. Jesus went ahead, went ahead and said, hey, look, all right, here's what we're going to do. And hey, he ends up providing wine that was needed there. 
after his interaction with his mother, we see Jesus move to solve the problem. Man, did you know that the Lord, man, he is the great provider? He is. Every, we said before, every good and perfect gift you got comes from him. Everything you have is his. You may say, Pastor Herb, I've worked for it, man. I worked all these years. Yeah, you did, but man, God gave you the ability to work. It's, it's all his, man. He is a great provider. And so, man, the call for us, man, getting with the program is to trust in his provision. We see him provide a, a few things here, but it, which is also true of our lives that he provides for us. Right. True statements here pertaining to the provision that he provides. The first thing we've got to understand is this. man: Trusting his provision it looks like this. Understanding that Jesus, he provides bountiful grace. Aren't you glad for that today? He provides bountiful grace. If you look at the text again. Jesus wasn't inclined to provide wine for the folks at this wedding. It wouldn't. It didn't have to necessarily be his prerogative. Hey, but by grace, brother Ross, he provided. He provided because of his grace, man. Hey, he provided. He made a way for them, man, and provided wine. And in the same way, man, hey, his grace and by his grace, man, he provides so much for us. What what is grace? Let me just remind you what grace is. Right, a quote. Here, good way to think about it. Hey, grace is a gift that we don't deserve, while mercy is not getting the punishment that we do deserve. The times that we've stumbled, right? Mercy is not getting what we actually deserve. Right, but grace is God continuing to keep us even though we stumble and trip. Hey, God is the great provider of grace. Man, all the gifts that we've got, man, has provided them. Can I remind you of a few? This morning, can I remind you of a couple of them? Right, grace is packaged in the daily gifts, man, that we have. Hey, like this, there is grace in the fact that we're able to take our next breath. By grace, we're able to do that. Hey, by grace, right, there's grace in the blessings, man, found in uh, your friends, family, spouse, those familial relationships. Man, that's by his grace. By his grace, you have those things. Hey, there's grace. And your ability to work, man, that's by God's grace you're able to do that. There's grace that's found in your ability to serve the Lord and others. Man, there's grace, man, abundant grace that God has provided, man, in every avenue, every man, piece of your life. Man, grace upon grace. Hey, the Lord is, man, the provider of bountiful grace. And hey, let me go ahead and throw this in free charge, man, while we're on it. Hey, because the Lord is the great provider of grace, hey, don't Hey, don't allow what you don't have, right, prohibit you from celebrating all the gifts that God has given you by his grace. Don't don't allow for that to happen. Hey, rather choose, man, to trust in his provision. Man, he's provided greatly for you already. Something that you've been praying for, seeking God about, man, if he hadn't provided for for you yet, man, hey, continue to seek him, but trust that, hey, even if he doesn't, he's still good because of all the stuff he has provided. Namely himself, by the way, the greatest gift, himself. Hey, we ought to be folks that choose to understand that Jesus provides bountiful grace. Hey, can I remind you of a couple of verses, man, some, some, some verses to help you? We just looked at one last week, John 1, 16 and 17. It's on the screen. It says like this, for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 
grace upon grace. And here's another one. Hey, Paul's testimony, 1 Corinthians 15, 10. He says it like this. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Hey, this is Paul, smart dude, man. He had, hey, he had all, you know, basically all the first five books of the Bible memorized. Pentateuch, man. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Had the law written, you know, written on his heart, if you will. Knew it all. Radically saved. And he says, man, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is in me. Just a good reminder. Hey, the grace that we've been shown, right? The gift that we've been shown ought to motivate us, right? To choose to live for him. Grace isn't a license to sin, right? Through grace, we have liberty, man, to choose to walk in righteousness. It's a good reminder for us. Hey, the Lord is the giver of bountiful grace. Hey, when's the last time you've chosen, man, to celebrate and thank God for what you've been given? Hey, I know this culture, man, wants us to focus on what we don't have. Focus on the, hey, the negative. Hey, focus on, you know, uh, wanting to uh, acquire more. So we live lives, essentially, man, uh, in this constant comparison game. And, and we're not able to rejoice. In reality, man, we've got so much to rejoice for. E- hey, even if our lives are like Job, where, hey, everything's taken away from us. Hey, because we have the Lord, we can say, blessed be his name. And so choose to remember, right, to trust in his provision by understanding Jesus is the provider of bountiful grace. But also, hey, and choose to trust in his provision by remembering that, man, Jesus, man, he provides a better way, man. Hey, I might get worked up on this sub point. I'll go ahead and just warn you right now. Man. If, if, you, if you do some study on uh, what took place, Jesus's means for providing the wine, it, he, he didn't just accidentally choose the jars that were there just by happenstance here's what you got to understand those jars that he chose right it talks about there right the, the, uh, they were part of the jewish uh, rites of purification it was part of their uh, system of purification their ceremonial ceremonial hand washing and, and so the the jewish leaders right they set up these jars a certain way Right, because they thought in their minds that uh, those jars couldn't get tainted by sin. And so everybody that came in to the temple or came into any place really had to ceremonially wash their hands clean. And it was a a symbol of them washing their sins away. But here's the reality. Hey, just an outward washing of their hands couldn't get the job done. Couldn't get the job done. Right? Outside washing of their hands couldn't couldn't do the ultimate job or solve the ultimate issue of of washing the inside. And so what had to happen, right, is what? The blood. And and as we know, as we see in the New Testament, hey, wine is symbolic, right, of Jesus' blood. blood. Hey, and so here's here's what Jesus did. He said, hey, this system, right, that you currently have, it's it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And so let me change it. Change it. He provides one. Provides one. And in the same way, right, he provided his blood. And to save us, he provided a better way. The water that was there was not what was needed. Tried to serve a purpose it ultimately could not fulfill. Hey, so Jesus wanted to show him, hey, I'm better. 
At the end of the day, I'm the only one that can clean you. And that's what he did. And so the question is, hey, are you washed in the blood? Hey, some of you guys, right, are are trying a, a way to get yourselves right with God. Hey, can I encourage? Hey, there's a better way. His name is Jesus. Hey, and the only way that you're made right with him, right, is by being washed in the blood. Have you been washed? Been washed. Romans 8, 3 says it like this. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Hey, Jesus always provides a better way. Provides a better way. Man, he provided the only way to salvation, but it's a better way. Salvation. Hey, his way to peace is better because what? Because why? He's the prince of peace. Hey, his way to hope is better because he is hope. Hey, his way to live is better because, hey, he's the way, the truth, and the life. His way is better. Way is better. Hey, those of you who are walking through some deep, deep, dark pain, hey, the bottle in a good way. Man, hey, going to Jesus. The one who's able to heal you, man, it's a better way. Hey, those of you, man, that are trying to figure out life by chasing everything under the sun. Hey, that way, it may be fun, but it's not. It's, time, time's going to run its course, and you're going to find yourself empty. Hey, man, running to Jesus, man, his way's better. His way's better. We've got to choose to understand, man, that Jesus provides a better way for us. Getting with the program, man, is choosing to trust in God's provision. Choosing to trust in his provision. But then thirdly and lastly, hey, friends, getting with the program is ultimately choosing to trust in the person. Choosing to trust in the person. Verses 11 and 12. We see the folks at the wedding feast are shook at what transpired. Right? The Water turning into wine, but the wine tasting as good as it did, right? Again, speaking to Jesus, providing a better way. And then we see in verse 11, this, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana and Galilee and manifested his glory. And hey, his disciples believed in him. We see after the miracle, right? The disciples that were there, man, they saw, oh, wow, this this Jesus is who he said he is. Jesus is who he said he is. We see the purpose of the provision is to ultimately, man, point to who the person is. And ought to lead us to trust in the person. And we see not only Mary do that, but we see, man, the disciples do it as well. Hey, the purpose in seeing God do a work in, in your life isn't just for you to Give them a proverbial high five and move on to continue to do your own thing. Man, it, it's man to move you to choose to trust in the person. Hey, the, the purpose of the breakthrough that comes through in your life as you seek him out in prayer, it isn't for you just to give a thumbs up to God and then choose to continue to live your life the same old way. No, the purpose is to trust in him more deeply, fall more in love with him. And we see the disciples, man, move to that. Move to that. My hope and prayer is that, man, whenever we encounter the Lord and him work and move in our life, man, 
our, our response wouldn't be like a, like one that experiences a quote-unquote camp high or a ministry high, man. Hot for God for a few weeks and then not for God after that. Man, God's movement in our life, man, ought to move us to love him more deeply. Man, to worship him more fully. To serve him more passionately. Man, it ought to move us to trust in a person. Trust in a person. And so, what's our response today? And our response is to be like Mary, to choose to surrender to the master. What's our response today? And our response is to be like, ought to be like the disciples, man, and choose to submit to him. And say, man, hey, this is Jesus, he is God. Man, I'm going to choose to follow him. I'm going to choose to rest in him. I'm going to choose to surrender to him. I remember when I was in uh, um, midway through my second year of college and um, was traveling with a ministry group and, you know, walking with the Lord. Things were uh, going well. Um, and the Lord decided to throw a little curveball in my plans. You know, how many of you have had that take place in your life, right? The Lord, Lord decides, hey, look, hey, just remind her I'm the boss, man, hey. And, uh, you know, long story short, you know, was leading me to uh, transfer schools. I was going to school, middle of Dallas-Fort Worth, Metroplex, man. I mean, great area, blue, economy was great, things were good. It was leading me to transfer to a school in uh, northern Louisiana, which those of you who don't know much about Louisiana, you know, New Orleans, I mean, they've got good food. South Louisiana's got good cuisine, but in the north, uh, there's not much there. Not much there. Duck Dynasty is probably the, you know, best thing that is out of there right now. Just being honest with you. And so, you know, after wrestling with the Lord, I knew that that was what I was supposed to do. But I thought the reason why I was going over there was to be a part of this ministry that was centered in the Shreveport area. And so transfer there. And two, week, two weeks into the start of the semester, the ministry ends. You know, the guy that leads the ministry ends up getting real sick. And I remember, you know, and, you know, I'm 19, 20. I remember just thinking, man, wh- wh- what am I doing here? Wh- wh- why am I here? God, you, you led me out here. I thought I, the purpose of me being out here was to be a part of this ministry. And then you closed it. I closed the door. And I remember just getting in my feelings, Brother Ben, complaining, you know, whining. And then the Lord and, and how he does, man, so softly and, and gently, right, just, just remind him, hey, look, Irv, hey, I, hey, whenever you chose to trust in me as Savior and Lord, it was exactly that. Hey, you, I washed you, right, with my blood. Hey, you're, you're clean, you're saved, you're going to heaven. But, hey, you got to understand that, that lordship part. Man, I, I lead your life. Run your life. And I had heard about that in church. Like I said, man, I, 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 knew, I, I knew that. I knew I was called to ministry, but it was a good reminder that, hey, honestly, has helped me out through the rest of my time up to this day. Whenever I got to seminary, right, I found myself living in uh, a dorm room, you know, making less money per hour at the job I was at than I had 
without a college degree. You know, I had a college degree making less money per hour studying Greek, thinking, God, what is how is this going to help me? Whatever I get to, you know, whatever I get get to uh, preach. This is tough. Hey, and the Lord in the midst of that remind me, hey, Irv, man, hey, remember. I'm your Lord, man. Hey, and, and quit looking to the right or the left. Hey, I've called for you to run your own race. Whenever I got called up to Tennessee, I remember wrestling with God. Hey, Tennessee's too far north for me. Too far north. I, I grew up living south of I-20, man. This is this is north in my mind. Got here, you know, meeting folks, thinking, man, God, I, I don't, I don't know. If this is where I'm supposed to be. I don't know what you're doing here. But the Lord gently reminded, hey, it's time to get with the program, man. Trust in me. And I know a lot of you have those similar testimonies as well. But can I remind you? As long as we've got breath in our lungs. Hey, the call for us is to get with the program. Go to the program. Hey, just like Mary did, man, the call for us is to trust in his plan, man. Even when you can't see his hand. Even though it's difficult. Even though you don't know what God's doing. Hey, trust in his plan. Hey, the call for us, man, hey, is to choose to trust in his provision. He's going to take care of you. Some of you, you know, are, are, you feel like, I mean, you're struggling. Things are being real stretched right now. I mean, hey, th- things are looking bleak out. But, man, hey. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's able to take care of us. Trust in his provision. What he can provide. And hey, even in the moments when you feel like you're in the darkest of seasons of life, hey, choose to trust in him. Choose to trust in him. Hey, church, it's time to get with the program. It's time to get with the program. Time to get with.